Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up soon, we are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists presenting at the meeting so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On June 8, 2023, we talked with Dustin Glasner, postdoctoral scholar in the Dougherty Lab at the University of California, San Diego. He received his master's in biohazardous threat agents and in emerging infectious diseases from Georgetown University and his doctorate in infectious diseases and immunity from the University of California, Berkeley. He is interested in public health and virology, in particular, the virus innate immune interface. So thanks for talking with us this afternoon. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is Dustin Glasner. I'm a postdoctoral scholar here at uh, University of California, San Diego. Uh, I work in Matt Doherty's lab, uh, and I've kind of been all over the map uh, academically uh, throughout my career. Um, so I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up. Yes, yes. So actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about like how you first became interested in science, how you became interested in virology? So it's funny because when I was in high school, I told myself and anyone who would listen that I would never be a biologist. Um, it was probably my least favorite subject throughout high school. Uh, I really disliked it. It just it just didn't click with me. Um, but I have always been I think interested in like infectious disease kind of as like a social phenomenon. I have pretty clear memories from uh, the original SARS outbreak in 2003. Uh, and that definitely got me kind of interested in viruses, emerging viruses, infectious disease, but it was never something I really wanted to do professionally, but that kind of planted the seed for me um, in terms of at least having some interest in the field. I went to undergrad for geology actually uh, that was my original major i really wanted to be a paleontologist like most kids i loved dinosaurs i that's what i wanted to do but after a year of geology classes i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life but i knew i didn't want to be a geologist for the rest of my life so um despite saying i would never be a biologist i switched my major to biology so i could study viruses it was the only thing that i could think of that was interesting enough to me that I'd want to commit the rest of my life to. Okay. And um, how then did you sort of, you know, make the choices of going to graduate school? How did you choose your postdoc lab? Like, what were the things that you were looking for? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a first generation scientist. I'm the first person in my family to um, pursue graduate school, to pursue an advanced degree. Um, I didn't really know any scientists or biologists growing up, so I had no clue what the career looked like, what the career path looked like. Um, but when I was an undergrad, I knew that I probably needed research experience. It seemed like something other people who were doing biology did. So uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the first people in a new faculty member's lab. Um, I went to the College of William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, um, and I joined Kurt Williamson's lab right when he was starting everything up. And that was really my initial kind of introduction to like everything science. I had no idea what a pipette was. I had no idea what anything in the lab 
how to use it, how it worked. Um, so that was really a crash course for me. And from then on, I kind of threw stuff at the wall and figured out what was going to stick. Um, after undergrad, I went to Georgetown uh, to get a master's in biohazardous threat agents and emerging infectious diseases. It wasn't a research-based program. It was originally conceived after 9-11 as a way to teach biologists about like national security and policy and those sorts of things and to teach you know national security people and counterterrorism folks about biology and that was a really cool kind of space uh where those worlds intersected and it was really interesting but i couldn't find a job in the field afterwards um in 2011 a lot of the funding for some of those programs kind of dried up and uh, a lot of folks in my cohort kind of struggled to get a foothold in that world. Um, so I went back to what has become my bread and butter of wet lab work. Um, and then I spent two years as a ORISE fellow at the Food and Drug Administration. And from there, I knew I wanted to pursue a PhD. Uh, I had spent a year not doing research at Georgetown. I spent two years then doing research at the FDA and I loved it. I love the process of being a biologist. I love doing bench work. Uh, and that was something I could see myself doing for the rest of my career. So I applied to grad schools where I could do infectious disease research, specifically virology. I wanted it to have kind of a public health focus. So uh, I went to University of California, Berkeley and worked in Eva Harris's lab in the School of Public Health there, which was an amazing experience. Uh, that's, I think, really, really where I cut my teeth as a virologist, uh, where I became like a quote unquote, like card carrying virologist, card carrying immunologist. Um, and again, just like I said, I never wanted to be a biologist when I was young. I didn't want to do a postdoc and I didn't want to stay in academia afterwards. But the longer I spent my PhD, the more young scientists I got to mentor, the more I kind of got to be part of that academic process. I realized it wasn't something I wanted to close the door on immediately. So I did a first postdoc at University of California, San Francisco, so just slowly making my way through the UCs. Um, I worked with Charles Chu doing uh, kind of metagenomics, transcriptomics, kind of big data, computational biology with a focus on diagnostic development for infectious disease, not just viruses. Um, and then a few years ago, I moved down here to San Diego to work with Matt Doherty um, because I was looking to kind of find a way to harness some of those computational methods in like a in center and like in parallel with more traditional molecular biology work. And Matt's lab is a really cool blend of some of those computational tools and of course all those molecular tools. And it's been really cool seeing how I can kind of make those two worlds intersect and also learning a lot more about innate immunity and um, some things that I hadn't really worked on throughout the rest of my career. Um, but yeah, I, the one thing, the one consistent thread that I've looked for really is in labs is, you know, good mentorship, good mentors, people and environments where I can learn from my lab mates, from my PIs, uh, build new skills, and also places where I feel like my research and my time is spent doing research that doesn't just contribute to like increasing our knowledge about viruses, which is great, but also things that could potentially lead towards innovations in therapeutics or vaccines, things with maybe more of a public health impact. 
Right, right. And um, can you tell us then about the research that you're doing? Um, I guess maybe some of the bigger questions, maybe some of the tools that you use, um, what type of research you're doing? For sure. So um, I don't want to talk too, too much about it because I don't want to spoil um, my SV talk on the one hand. And also um, we're super close to submitting a manuscript. So uh, we're cognizant about putting too much out there into the world. But at, you know, uh, at a little bit of a higher level view, I'm really interested right now in kind of the virus innate immune interface and how do how does the host differentiate self from non-self? So how do we determine what's viral and what's not? What are the mechanisms driving that? Um, and how does that look from a host perspective, but also a virus perspective? So are there, are there evolutionary pressures um, from one or the other, uh, one side or the other driving um, changes in pathogenesis, changing uh, immune evasion, those sorts of questions. Um, when I was in grad school, I was super focused on dengue virus, flaviviruses, like we were very focused on one specific virus, whereas here, it's much less of a focus on one virus and more of a focus on the host side. And then how does that impact different viruses? Like Matt and I have joked about, you know, we would love to work with every virus at some point in our careers, just like, you know, that, that diversity of, uh, of, of viruses and also diversity in hosts is really fascinating uh, to me and to most of my uh, lab mates here. Um, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of Western blots, a lot of microscopy, um, starting to get more into the genetic side of things, starting to kind of push into uh translation biology and ribosome biology, which is definitely not something I've done before, is not my strength, is is not like Matt's wheelhouse. So we're kind of learning some new things together, kind of uh, exploring some new frontiers, at least to us together. Um, and we're setting up some cool collaborations. So it's uh, it's it's been fun. It's been challenging in a lot of ways, uh, but I've been really happy with uh, how especially the last few years of this postdoc have, have gone. Cool, cool. And how does your computational background help you in your current um, research, I guess? I mean, we always talk about, oh, it's great to have computational skills, but is it really, like, is it actually helping you, uh, you know, in the different aspects of your project? Yeah, right now I'd say there's not necessarily a, di a direct connection between my wor the work I did in my first postdoc and, and now, at UCSF, I was really focused on RNA sequencing and transcriptomics. Um, again, looking at host responses at, you know, that kind of big data level, whereas here we're looking at host responses, but at a very, very uh, like molecular uh, focus, like looking between, you know, an ISG and, you know, viral RNA or something like that. We're very focused on um much more specific interactions, I guess I should say. Um, but having that computational experience is helpful just in thinking through data sets and thinking through how to properly control experiments. Um, having some coding experience has been great for uh, mining certain databases that we've needed to, you know, pull, pull information from. So, you know, right now I'm not exactly using everything that I learned at UCSF, but kind of the, the principles and the skills that I built there are certainly contributing. And I guess um, sort of following up on this, 
what uh, kind of a career are you thinking about after your postdoc? And so where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now? I hope that I'm lucky enough to start my own group somewhere and uh, and kind of build a research program where we can do some interesting virology, some interesting immunology, um, especially a group where I can mentor that next generation of scientists. I love kind of being able to pass on what I've learned, uh, both academically and scientifically, but also like more career-wise. Um, I've worn a lot of hats and I've done a lot of different research over the last ooh, 15 years of of, uh, of my career. Um, so yeah, I would love to stay in academia and and to start a program somewhere. I know it's it's competitive out there. It's tough out there right now. Um, so if that doesn't work out, we, you know, we'll see what else uh, the future holds. But um, I think if not being a PI, again, I love actually doing the science. And I know if I start my own group, I'm going to miss being at the bench and doing these experiments. And, you know, I, I just, I love, I love that. I love coming in a lab every day. I love doing the wet lab work. Um, so if being a PI doesn't work out, you know, finding a position where I can continue to do some independent projects, some independent research, uh, and continue to, you know, pipette small amounts of liquid from one small tube to another every day. Uh, that sounds great. <laughs> and you were um, kind of talking about how you yourself have looked for mentorship. Do you think that that's changing as a, as a new PI in a couple of years? How do you see that you would be mentoring the people in the lab? And how is that difference from maybe like, you know, 20 years ago or 50 years ago? Yeah, that's a, a, a great question. And I think it I think it is changing. I think there's much more of a focus with kind of this new generation of of people entering academic careers. There's much more of a focus on, you know, improving mental health, like improving work-life balance. Um, you know, when I was a grad student, I you know, I I I'm I'm now married with a four-year-old daughter. So I was not married. I did not have a kid in grad school. I had quite literally all the time in the world to dedicate to my research. I could spend 60 hours a week in the lab and like I was much younger, so I could physically handle that. I didn't have all these other responsibilities, you know, so a 60 hour work week was, you know, not, not something I'd want to do, but I could do it. And it was mostly fine. And I was kind of ha in some ways happy to do it at the time because all I really did at that time in my life was do science. Um, you know, I, I was super dedicated to the projects I was working on. They were really interesting. We made a lot of cool discoveries, but I can't do that now. Like, and I think a lot of other, you know, a lot of other academics entering kind of uh, young investigator careers, it's the same for them. I, you know, I have to drop my daughter off at school in the morning and pick her up in the afternoon. Like, so that kind of constrains my day in terms of what I can get done and now having kind of the i guess the the wisdom or the insight of what life looks like when you have other responsibilities it makes me look back at times in grad school like oh i could have done things more efficiently like you know i could have had more time to to do other things that weren't just science so at least for me looking at what would mentorship look like for me just you know kind of passing on some of that wisdom like you, know, you don't have to be here 12 hours every day like you can be super efficient and get done in eight or nine maybe and of course there will be days that are longer there are going to be weekends where you have to come in but i i think 
academia is kind of moving to a place where that's not the norm anymore, or at least it's not as much of a regular thing. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, it would be really cool to be in a position as a mentor to kind of maybe change some of that culture around overwork, change some of that culture around um, the way we approach, uh, you know, mental health and academia. Um, I feel like it's not something that was ever really talked about throughout most of my career when I was younger, but now there's a little bit more of a conversation around that, um, especially at the grad student and the postdoc level. But I know it's also something that uh, faculty, especially junior faculty have to deal with. So, you know, it's, it's cool to kind of see it's kind of it's cool to see everything kind of shifting um and you know these things can take time but i would you know it would be nice to kind of be a part of that uh part of that shift and part of that change right right and i guess thinking about uh you know acquired wisdom i always like to ask people you know if you could talk to your younger self so you when you were first starting out in your education 10 15 20 what would you want to tell them that you know now yeah i oh man um one thing for sure would be don't get discouraged by, you know, a bad grade or by, uh, you know, from struggling in a class. Like looking back now, I can say like I was not a great student. Um, you know, I did just fine in undergrad, but, you know, definitely nowhere nearly as good as some of my friends or uh, some of the colleagues I've met over the years since then. Um you know, I, I never kind of really knew how to study, like, and definitely the way a lot of biology classes were taught didn't really mix well with like my quote unquote learning styles. Like, but I was great at the bench, and I, you know, I'm a, I can confidently say like I am a, I'm a good scientist. I'm a good researcher. I, I'm good with experiments, um, and that's kind of really where I shined, and I think that's what's carried me through my career. But I definitely remember, especially early on in college, just being like really discouraged and like being really hard on myself because, you know, I wasn't getting the same grades that I did in high school. And ultimately, none of that has really mattered. I'm still here. I have a PhD from a great university and I've worked with good researchers and I've done good science. And, you know, those those grades early on, they didn't matter. Um, I would love to be able to go back and tell myself, like, it's all going to be fine. Like, don't stress so much about these things. Um and also, I wish I had known more about, you know, what does life as a scientist look like? What does this career look like? Because again, I didn't really know anybody and I kind of just, it, you know, in hindsight, it's a pretty linear path, but it didn't feel that way at the time. Um, I wish I could have given myself the advice to like, talk to more scientists, like email faculty at other institutions or you know, just get in touch with people to get a better sense for what, you know, what does that world look like? Um, because, yeah, it really wasn't until probably three to five years into my time as like a researcher before I kind of had a handle on like, this is what the day to day is. This is like what the career options are. Like, if you, to me, if you were a biology major, you were pre-med, you went off and you became an, an MD. And that was never something that I wanted to do and definitely would not go back and do if I could again. So um, yeah, I wish I could just tell myself a little bit more about what the future looks like in a lot of different ways. Right. Well, thanks so much for talking with us. And we look forward to hearing about your research at ASV. 
Thanks so much. Uh, Looking forward to the conference. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackray, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podbean.com. Thank you.